0: So for the last several weeks we've been working on this wonderful list of lists. So it's been, it's called the 37 Wings of Awakening for those of you who haven't been here. And um, we've talked about the foundations of mindfulness, about the body and the feeling tone of things and the mind and the heart and the dharmas and We've talked about the wise use of effort in um, sustaining or encouraging helpful states of mind and and discouraging or avoiding the ones that aren't helpful. And last week we talked, in a quite interesting way, um, about what are sometimes called the bases of power – so about desire and a kind of a useful way that desire sometimes is, and um, persistence, and um, huh, energy again, effort again, I think. No, intent. And um, discernment, we talked about that, actually it's been part of the talk, it's about um, ways of supporting a pregnancy. So we decided it was time to get some feminine imagery going in here in our sort of male Buddhist world. And um, there will be coming a list that is the factors of enlightenment, things that are there in any awakened state and the Eightfold Path. And tonight we're focusing on a list that's actually two lists. It's called the faculties. The five spiritual faculties. It's also called the five spiritual strengths. And so, these five things are actually um, in the in these thirty-seven wings of awakening. They're listed twice. So once they're listed as these faculties that you can use to help you in your practice, and once they're listed as as things that will, are actually strengths in any practice. That's Um, coming along some and these five things are conviction or faith and effort or energy again and mindfulness itself and concentration and wisdom and interestingly enough the only one that's not on any of the other lists is faith all of the others keep showing up energy as particularly Often on the lists, and um, I actually like this list a lot. I like it that it's both things that we can um, find and develop and use to support our practice, and then we can also see as we as our practice develops that oh look, you know, I do know more about how to use my energy. Or, mm-hmm. or I do have some deeper understanding of what it is that. Conviction or faith is, and we see that um, they do manifest in our practice in a way that that lets us know that um, we're making progress, even a little bit, which is kind of nice to know. You know, sometimes, sometimes it feels like there's not. We don't give report cards, and nobody's going home with gold stars or, you know, notes from the teacher saying, "Well, you know, you're doing pretty well." You know. Here's Martin, he's been around for a few years, you know, maybe he gets a B-plus tonight or something, and then Martin feels really bad because he could have, could have had the A-minus, and we just don't do that. It's, it's, and it's probably just as well. But you yourself, really, this is what this is saying, you yourself can kind of suss out what's happening in my practice. So everyone who's here tonight is here because you have some vision. Something brought you here. Something inspired you. Something has um, brought you, for some of you, for years and years and years, to this sitting group, to other sitting groups, to retreats, to your practice. Um, Sometimes people walk in, this happened tonight, somebody who was sitting with us years ago at the Zen Center and now all of a sudden here they are back again at Vipassana Santa Cruz in our new you know, building and so you keep following this vision every one of you, this is true even if you're here for the first time even if you've never meditated before something brought you here and, um, and it's a vision that is common has been is common to thousands of people over the years that so has brought people to monasteries and to retreats and to the Dharma and it's a vision that says we can wake up, we can see more deeply into the nature of our being, we can understand it in such a way that in fact it alleviates suffering. And so we can come to some ending of of the Difficulties that many of us experience in our lives, and so um, it's a vision really of of an awake mind and an open heart. You know, we saw a sign once that said, "If you lived in your heart, you'd be home by now." <laughs> so. And we all, you know, maybe many of you have have someone who inspired this vision, there might be a person, you know, it might be somebody like the Dalai Lama or Mother Teresa or Martin Luther King or Gandhi or Desmond Tutu, you know, many, many kind of amazing beings that we've had around over the last years. So this particular list works as a sequence. That's one way to work with it, in a kind of a linear fashion. So we're gonna look at that first. Um, And so the first is this thing that is sometimes called faith. But faith, actually, in the West, is a kind of a problematic word. Many people hear, oh, faith, you know, and they think, oh, I'm gonna have to believe something that I'm not so sure if it's true, You've had some difficult experience with with the word faith when you were a kid. And so I actually quite like the translation. The word in Pali is sadhu. And it sadhu. Sada. Sadhu, um, sadha. And um, it translates also quite well as conviction. So it's that sense of, you know, oh, this is something that's interesting and so there's an early kind of faith called bright faith and so there's that's the faith that inspired you in the first place so some of you may still be there that that place where you see something or you see someone and you fall in love with it or you get interested in it and you go yes you know that's what i want the image that's given in the suttas that i quite love about conviction, and about the different stages of it, are that it's as though you are hunting for elephants in the jungle, something that we're all quite familiar with, and <laughs> so you've gone out to the jungle, and there's the footprint of the elephant, and you go, "Ah, huh, it's an elephant in the jungle, you know, and you get quite excited because the footprint is there. You haven't seen the elephant yet, but, but and and of course in Asia, particularly back 50, 100 years, the bigger the elephant, the better, because that they were used for work. So the hope is that this is a really big elephant that will be very, very useful that you can put to work. But then... So you've got the footprint. That's all you've got. So then the hard work begins, right? You have to hunt for the elephant. And so it's the same thing is true in practice, that that you have these inspirations that bring you to practice the book, the tape, the friend, the whatever, the broken heart, sometimes the doctor who says you really need to meditate, and you come, and you're kind of inspired But that's not enough, it's never enough. And so then we have to begin to practice. And so so this is where we begin to work with another kind of faith where it's more than just the inspiration. You begin to test it out and to check it out. And so in the simile, the hunters, you know, begin to look around because they realize that it could be, it says in the a dwarf elephant with big feet. <laughs> <laughs> so that would not be so useful. You know. Or it could be a skinny elephant, you know, a skinny, skinny elephant with that had big feet. So you're checking, checking, you're testing it out. And that's a very, it's a wonderful place in this practice of, and exploration of conviction because this isn't, this is clearly not, something that you're being asked to believe. You're being told, check it out, test it. And the Buddha over and over again encourages us to do that in our practice. So all of the instructions, every instruction that you hear is intended for the investigation of your own mind. So if we say, do this, follow the breath, give your attention to the body... You know, go on a retreat, walk, do walking practice, whatever it is that somebody suggests you do, you take it and check it out and see if it's helpful. Does it work? That's always the question. It might be for you, it doesn't. You know, That's fine. Then you find another practice that does work. So you really get to check it out. What what works for you? What is true of your own mind? Every mind is different. Sad but true. So we can't give one recipe for practice that works for everyone. It's just not possible. So you have to try out the different instructions and tweak them and bend them and work with them and, and mold them so that it works for you. You keep on doing it until you find something that works. That's you can't just say, ah, uh, all right, I'm going to give up. You know, that's not what conviction conviction is about. So it's that that just kind of hanging in there with it and exploring it and finding out. And it's hard because one of the things about this practice, you sit still and you get quiet, and stuff comes up. And so sometimes what begins to show itself in the process of your meditation practice isn't so much fun. You know, maybe you see how angry you are how sad you are, or that you need to make some significant change in your life. And so that's that can be hard. It takes courage. And so then you know then after a while, according to the simile, you find the elephant. You go, oh, look, there really is an elephant. You see the elephant in the jungle, you know just how big he or she is and exactly how much work this elephant is going to be able to do for you and there comes a place in practice where we begin to have a kind of conviction that's called abiding faith, abiding conviction where you where you really know that something is true. You know, and you know, you know the one th- one of the things that comes up over and over again in my life is one more time I discover that when I'm attached as the buddha said, I am going to suffer. Isn't that interesting? Damn. He was right. You know, I don't like it always that he was right, but he was right. And you begin to see that when you see that enough, you begin to realize, oh, if I start holding on really tight, I'm going to suffer. And that is what's known as abiding faith. You really have come to know for yourself that that particular teaching of the Buddha is true. And, and all of the teachings are like that. You get to test them out, and um, find out for yourself it takes effort it takes effort it always takes effort that's why effort is on so many of the lists it takes some energy it doesn't just happen you don't get to sort of say oh well yeah mindfulness that's nice I'm going to be mindful in my everyday life. I'm not going to meditate, and I'm not going to go to retreats, and I'm not going to read any books, and I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to be kind of mindful in my life. It won't work. It doesn't work. So it takes some energy, some commitment to your practice. And over and over again, the Buddha talks about the wise use of effort. Not too much, not too little, not efforting, you know, not really pushing yourself so hard that you exhaust yourself but not just being lazy either. And um, it's that, that quality, I think of it often as the quality of persistence, where you come back over and over and over again. And I, one of the images that I quite love is of a young child who's learning to walk, who has that kind of persistence. If you've ever watched a little kid who's learning how to walk, you know, they want to walk. In the worst way, and they get up and they, you know, they wobble forward two or three steps and then they fall down, right? But most of the time, most of the little kids I've ever watched, that is even not really too upsetting. You know, often they laugh and then they get up and they do it again, and after a while, they learn how to walk, and that's really a wise use of effort to the extent that age child can be wise. But we can also work with our effort. You know, we we push and we do something and then we fall down. It's helpful if we can laugh, and then we get up and we do it again. So then the third on the list is is mindfulness itself. So it's and mindfulness is that that stance in the mind, that activity of the mind that Brings us to attention to what is so in this moment. And so, there are ins- the instructions uh, the, as, that we offer in classes and on retreats. We teach about mindfulness when you're sitting. So, you're sitting. We do that partly because it, it cuts out some of the stuff, you know. You can't, <clears throat> it's easier to be mindful. When you're sitting still, actually we think it's easier if your eyes are closed, although not everybody agrees with us. And and you just give your attention, all right. What happens if I give my attention to my experience? Just sitting here, breathing, paying attention to the breath and to the body, and to the mind and the heart. That's hard enough, right? And then we we'll, we'll teach we teach Walking as practice, walking back and forth, just giving your attention to the movement of the body as you move back and forth, often a distance, maybe about the width of this room. And then we'll teach eating as practice if you're on a retreat, because you do eat, and that's a way to begin to move the practice into your everyday life. And if you're lucky enough to set a retreat of a week or ten days, in the end everything is taught as practice. Doing whatever chores you have to do dressing, bathing, toileting everything becomes there's nothing that you can't be mindful of there is nothing so at any point in the practice that means in a a very interesting way there's no distractions isn't that wonderful? there's no distractions all you have to do is to be mindful of whatever it is the sound, a sound comes in oh no, I'm being distracted just give your attention to the sound hearing you know, the itch comes along. Oh, my meditation is falling apart. I've got to scratch. Well, you know, I give your attention to the itch. If you scratch, notice that you're scratching and be mindful. And then you're right back in the middle of the practice. It's quite wonderful that way. It's a little Aikido kind of practice that that we do. So mindfulness really is the attention to what is here in this moment noticing it just the way that it is one of the simplest and best instructions for mindfulness practice is the phrase this is the way it is this is the way it is whatever the it is this is the way the sound is this is the way the itch is this is the way my anger is this is the way the taste is whatever this is the way it is it helps if you have some concentration because the concentration is the ability to kind of focus the mind just on one thing just what is here most of you was anybody's mind concentrated all the way through the sitting? right? right so we know right it's very very hard to keep the mind still and on one thing you sit down, and you say, Oh, I'm gonna give my attention to the breath or to the body, and pretty soon you're thinking about dinner or what happened at work today or what's gonna to happen tomorrow. And then you bring the mind back. Gradually, over time and practice, you can learn to concentrate more. It does it is a skill that you can develop and it can become stronger. And so it's it's a very useful skill to work with on our practice because it's the concentration that allows us to really penetrate our experience and when we go deeply into the experience the experience of the body the experience of the breath the experience of, of a strong emotion then sometimes we begin to see things that we don't see when you just sort of notice it on the surface you begin to tear it apart a little in a way and then Wisdom arises, which is another of, the, of these faculties. And so wisdom is, is we begin to see what's true when we go into our experience that way. We say, oh, look, it's impermanent. Or we begin to see it's not so solid. Or we do notice that every time we get attached and hold on, then we suffer. Um, and so we understand more deeply the nature of our suffering. I think that really what begins to happen is we see how little we know. And then we begin to understand, in fact, that not knowing is actually a very useful stance to have in life. Now, one of the things about this list is it works sequentially, but it also works as a balancing kind of list. It's a list that you can sort of used to see what is needed in my practice and that's why I mentioned it at the beginning of the sitting so faith you know that the faith or the conviction that can be the remember we talked about how it can be the inspiration, it can be the falling in love place, it can be the excitement place it can be very juicy but I imagine everyone here has fallen in love with something or someone At some point that wasn't such a good idea, right? Anybody who hasn't, I'd love to, every now and then I think, you know, somebody's going to raise their hand and say, it's never happened to me. (laughs) But you know, it's happened to all of us. We've, we've just, you know, whatever it is, we get so carried away. So it can be a little blind, this place of conviction. Wisdom sees really clearly into things it penetrates it, it discerns, but it can be a bit dry. And there's a way in which, you know, after a while, it just seems too dry. And so those two balance each other out. And so you could think about your practice. What do I need? You know, am I long on the faith, the conviction side, not so so long on the wisdom side, or do I... Am I, you know, better on the seeing and the discernment and do I need a little more juice? And give some attention to your practice in that way. It may be that you're good at energy, you know, or there's a lot of energy, or maybe there's too much energy, and it because energy can really get going, you know, and it can be, can almost make the whole body kind of vibrate. And concentration calms and stills and quiets the mind and body. So you need a balance of those two things in your practice as well. And one sort of balances out the other. Mindfulness is in the middle. Mindfulness is what you use to figure out what you need. So that's the place of awareness that looks at your practice and says, Oh... Hmm, what I'm needing right now. So what I'd like you to do for a minute is just think. Think about close your eyes. Don't look at me. Just close your eyes. And consider your own practice. Think about conviction, about energy, about mindfulness, about concentration, about wisdom. I'll pair them up for a moment. Conviction and wisdom, the juicy of inspiration, the dry. What do you need? What do you need more of? Think about energy, that place of persistence and sometimes really pushing hard. And think about concentration, the place of stilling, and quieting and slowing down what do you need what would be important for your practice Okay. now we're going to do one last little thing nobody can get up and leave I want you to open your eyes and find somebody next to you and take just a couple of minutes and name one thing that you're going to pay attention to in this next week Because we're going to come back to this list next week, so think. Just name one of the things that showed up that you need to give some attention to in your practice, and name it so that you're kind of somebody else has heard it, so that that will help you do it. So just find someone, preferably not your partner, if you're if you're here with a partner, and um, you're only going to have just a couple of minutes, just a couple of minutes. If if it's a threesome, that's okay. Three is okay. Two is okay. It's alright. do it. <laughs>